If you've got your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it is true. Thank you that it is life and health to all of our flesh. Lord, we look to you now for direction from above, for answers, for, for help in time of need, for grace in time of need. Lord, we trust you now to have your way in us. Speak to our hearts. Direct us in the way that we should go. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Boldness to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Lord is good. Well, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we've been in a series called uh, Dressed to Kill. All right? And, uh, of course, we had a little break in the series. But uh, we've been in a series, and I call it Dressed to Kill. Uh, simply, we're, we're talking about the armor of God. Okay, different aspects of armor, and it was apparent uh, that the Apostle Paul, in writing and telling us what we have to deal with and what forces we come against, that he was making a comparison to uh, the Roman soldier, and he had the Roman soldier in mind and all the different aspects of that soldier's army, and he uh, made a parallel to the elements of our Christian life and the things that we need to put on and that, that we need to have. Uh, that need to, we need to be wearing in order to effectively uh, stand against the things that the enemy throws our way. Okay, so let's go ahead and read again in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so uh, in this, uh, this series, of course, we've seen and, and understood that when we are dealing with uh, opposition, we are dealing with difficulties that come our way, we should understand that even though it might be coming through another person, we are not specifically battling with flesh and blood. Okay, And it's important for the spirit, spiritually mature person to recognize the, the spiritual forces that are behind oftentimes natural circumstances and even people that have a big talk, have a big bark, right? And a big bite. <laughs> and, uh, and that we are dealing with spiritual forces. If we recognize that, it will already change how we deal with people. Many times people are in conflict with others. They are in strife and argument, uh, arguing type of relationships with people because they think that person is their problem. Okay, what we should understand though is that there are forces behind people. And many times people who are coming against you and doing you wrong are being motivated 
are being inspired by demonic forces. And the thing we are to deal with is the demonic force behind the scene. And we can then stand against everything that is thrown our way and have success on every side. And so in dealing with some of these issues, we've looked at uh, some different aspects of the armor. Tonight I want to uh, look a little bit at the shield of faith. Okay, the shield of faith says in verse 16, uh, uh, of course, of this verse, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Okay, let me give you that from the Amplified Bible says it this way, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. All right. So when he says above all, he's not necessarily saying that this is the most important part of the armor. Although, personally, I think you could make a case that faith is the most important or at least right up there at the top. One of the most important things that a believer should understand and learn after they get saved. Because salvation took by faith took place by faith as well but nevertheless that's not what he's saying here he's painting a picture uh, of again the Roman shield but let me come back to that Uh, notice what he said here he said all the fiery darts that tells me that complete and total victory is possible for every believer I should never believe for a second that maybe in my circumstance or situation, complete victory is not available to me, or that for some unknown reason, I cannot obtain it. I will be held at 80%. Or for some unknown reason, I can't have complete success and victory in every area of my life. That is not true. Okay? This shield will quench every fiery dart. That means zero get through. That means there is nothing that the enemy can throw at me that my shield will not adequately protect me from. Okay? Again, we see by this, this and the other pieces of the armor, that if I am under attack and things are getting through to me. In other words, I'm being hit. It's getting through. It's being effective. It's messing me up then there is a piece of my armor that's out of place. Right? Otherwise, this passage of Scripture is incorrect. If sometimes God in His sovereignty overrides my armor, or sometimes in His divine plan He wants me to... uh, suffer a little sickness and disease for a while, or He wants me to go broke... Or he wants, you know, what I'm talking about, he wants me to fall on my face. Then what's the purpose of telling me about this armor if it's really up to God ultimately? Thing is, it's not really up to God. It's up to me to put on the armor so I can stand. If I will put on the armor, I will stand. If I will have the shield of faith up, it will quench every single fiery dart. Not a one gets through. And so, uh, uh, just because... Some people live in defeat does not mean that victory is not available for all. We cannot understand God by looking at the masses 
or looking at any individual who says they have faith and they love the Lord. They do not define the Lord for me. Now they might for the world because that's all they know. But for the believer, how do I understand God? Greatest example is Jesus. And he walked in complete victory. Okay, I'm not going to define the will of God or the plan of the Father or the character of God by looking at Auntie May. And what she went through. And she loved the Lord and this happened. No, no, I can't see and define God by that. Because one, she's flawed. And maybe in more ways than I can tell. I just really don't know. It's just not an accurate picture. But I look at Jesus. I look at the promises. I look at the Word. And that is how I'm going to understand what God wants for me. And how He wants me to live in success and victory. And so again, just because someone else didn't live in complete victory in their life. Is no indication that I can't live in complete victory. All right. Now, uh, sometimes when you talk about healing. People will ask the question. Well, Do all people get healed? Does everybody get healed? Well, I like to answer that question this way. Everybody can be. 100% of people can be healed. Whether they all get it or not is not an indication of whether God has given it. That does not describe. Same thing's true of salvation. Are all people saved? All people can be. In other words, it's been provided for all. Just because everyone doesn't get it doesn't mean that God didn't give it to everybody. And so again, we don't define our potential of success by someone else's lack thereof. I just kind of take the uh, approach that I'm not going to be limited in life by the failures of others. Someone wants to go into business and someone tells them, well, you know, nine out of, business, nine out of ten businesses fail. Well, good. I'm going to be the one that succeeds then. You know, that's just an attitude. I, think, I really think Christians ought to be very, very positive. They ought to have attitudes, well, I'm going to succeed. Doesn't mean they overlook pitfalls and overlook wisdom and those type of things. No, but uh, man, if anyone's going to succeed, it ought to be a spirit-filled child of God. It ought to be someone who's blood-bought and redeemed and going to tithe <laughs> on the prophet. <laughs> I mean, it ought to be you. Ought to be me. You ought to be the one that's going to succeed. And I tell you what, it's the will of God for you. Absolutely. It's the will of God. You know, when they come out with the Fortune 500 companies and, and they, they, they list the wealthiest people in the, in, the, in the country and in the world, ought to be a whole bunch of believers in there. Yeah. I ought to be a whole bunch of believers leading the largest companies in the country. I believe that would be the best situation. The most ideal circumstance if Christians would rise up. But again, some Christians backslide. That doesn't mean I have to. Hmm? Doesn't mean you have to. All right. And again, just because some fail doesn't mean we all do. Uh, Take a look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, just to further this point a little bit further, that all the fiery darts are quenched by the shield of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God, who always, how often? 
always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. But you notice again that phrase, always. That is a God kind of phrase. Always. In every circumstance. Whosoever will. Hmm? He always causes us to triumph. Well, what about if the economy goes bad? Always. Well, what about if, uh, if, I, if I lack this certain type of education? Always. Well, what about if my family has suffered from this problem for four generations? Always. Huh? No excuse can wrap around the word always and undermine it. Always means always. Huh? Always. Say, am I going to get my healing? Always. Yeah. Am I going to come out of this struggle? Always. Yeah. Am I going to hear from God? Always. Yeah. God is an always God, and we should be always people. How many know always is a, is a, is a mark of maturity? Did you know that? In other words, some people you can never count on. You can't ever say always about them. Are they going to come through? Maybe. Sometimes. Once in a while. But the more we're like God, the more we are always people. How many know if, if God wasn't always, you could never pray in faith? Do you know that's true? If God wasn't an always win kind of God, and always come through for you, you could never for an instant pray in faith. Because the time you're praying might be one of those other times. If he was 99 out of 100 kind of God, how many know you would be that 100? <laughs> and the devil would remind you. Yeah, he usually helps people. He will most of the time answer prayer, but not this time. Special circumstance. The only way we can have faith is for there to be an always promise a whosoever will you know I, uh, I borrowed this illustration years ago from someone and I after a while it became mine but <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and throw it in here right now uh, it, just to emphasize the the always response that we get from God uh, in relationship to faith and we're talking about that shield of course if I were to uh, up here have a roll of money let's say a um, hundred dollar bills okay I had a roll of hundred dollar bills and um, well, let's say in this role, let's just define it. Let's say there were just 20, just 20 $100 bills. Not a large amount, but just 20. And, uh, and I said, after the service tonight, I want to give away these 20 $100 bills to people who are in the service tonight. Okay? Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to withhold your response. Okay? Just keep it internal. But... How many believe, how many think that you could, with your faith, say, well, bless God, I'm going to be one of the people to get one of those 20s, or one of those hundreds. I'm going to be one of the 20. I'm just going to use my faith. I don't know what everyone else is going to believe, but I believe that I receive, I believe that I'm going to be one of the ones to get a $100 bill. Okay, everyone got your answer? All right, and, uh, and, and okay, for those of you who said, because I know typically when I give this, I get a lot of hands that go up, and I, I just don't want to embarrass anyone. Uh, 
But let's say, for example, that you were one of the ones who said, yeah, I'll go ahead and be one of the people with my faith. I believe I'm going to be one of the people to get a hundred dollar bill. And you said, yes, that's me. Well, after the service, you came up to the front because obviously there's well more than 20 people. Uh, you came up to the service and you said to me, okay, I'll take my $100 bill. And I said to you, well, who said I was going to give you a $100 bill? What would you say? Would you say you did? Because did I? Did I say I was going to give you a $100 bill? No, I said I was going to give 20 people a $100 bill. I didn't specify that it would be you. And I could say, no. And I'm being honest, I'm being accurate, I'm being just in declining to give you a $100 bill, and your faith is shattered, isn't it? <laughs> but let's say, uh, let's say I, I took out of my pocket, uh, you know, a couple big honking rolls of $100 bills, okay? Well more than the number of people who are in the place tonight. And I said, after the service tonight, I want to give a $100 bill to anyone who's in the place. Anyone who's here, I want to give you a $100 bill. Could you, with your faith, believe that you would be one of the ones to get a $100 bill? Well, what if you came up to me after the service and said, okay, I'll take my $100 bill. And I said, well, who said I was going to give you a $100 bill? What would you say? You would say, well, you did, and you'd be right, because you said whoever was in the place, and I was in the place, and I'll take mine now. And if I am a person of my word, there's your hundred. That is how faith in God works, okay? People say, well, that's almost like easy if you tell, tell us that everyone can have one. Exactly. This is not intended to be difficult to believe God and have faith that He will respond and answer our prayer and give us the things He promised. Therefore, He wrote, you know, left a blank check and said, fill it in. And He gave us promises to whosoever will. And if you'll believe, if you'll ask, you can have it. But the moment, if we think God's got a few of them and He's going to select a few, do you know this? It is impossible to believe. Absolutely impossible to believe that you receive one of whatever it is that God has. But now that we know that it, the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts. Come on. That He always leads us into triumph. And, and the other scriptures that go along those lines as well. But God isn't always whosoever kind of person. Therefore, it is so stinking easy to believe. It is so easy to pray and know that God's response is, Yes! You know, sometimes people will twist the scripture. They'll say, well, you know, when you pray, sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says maybe so. Right? Or sometimes he says not yet. But my Bible says that all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Yes and amen. And so if we're dealing with a promise, I'm not, I'm not praying to see, is God going to say yes or is God going to say no? If I'm dealing with a promise, I got the yes before I even prayed. I already found out that God's got a big honking roll of them and I'm in the room and he, gave, he promised it to me and when I ask, yes is already the answer and so my prayer is just a, legal, just a legality. Hmm. 
um, making requests because that's the way this system works. God said to make requests. So I ask and I say, Lord, I believe I receive it. According to Mark eleven twenty four. I believe that I got it when I prayed and I take it, for, take it from you now and I thank you for it. Praise God. It's done. Woohoo! can already smile. You can smile already before you even see it because it's a done deal. And so again, the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith is the shield that protects us from everything the devil throws at us. There is no attack that your faith cannot protect you from. You know, someone said, well, I knew someone one time, and uh, they, you know, they had a disease, and they believed God and died. They believed, for, they believed that they received their healing to the end, and they died. Uh, no, you don't know anyone like that. There has never been someone like that. Say, well, are you sure? Absolutely sure. If I'm not sure about, about this, man, I'm throwing this out. Are you? Everything I've said tonight, I've got to throw it out. If there are exceptions. If there are people who literally take God at His word, believe they receive and nothing happens, I'm never praying again. Because it is absolutely a waste of time. Either God responds and does exactly what He said He, he does to whoever will call upon Him, or He doesn't. And if He does it half the time... I don't see him. I can't go into, can't get in his face, so to speak, physically and say, is this one for me? Huh? It's all by faith. We don't see it. And he's either doing it every time or he's not. If he's not doing it every time, I'm not praying anymore. And there is not a person. We think we know someone. We think someone did. But you don't know. You don't know the contents of someone's heart. You can't be the... We're not an adequate and, and righteous judge to look at a situation and a person and see it clearly and understand everything. Never. I've known people that, that uh, were praying and endeavoring to believe God, God and, and did die. And from my perspective, didn't know why. But I know this. What am I going to put my faith in? Am I going to stay with the Word? Stay with what God said? Or am I going to redefine my theology because of a situation where I only see this much of it? That just really makes no sense. For people to base their beliefs on what they don't know. Base your beliefs on what you do know. Base them on what is sure. Because there are always going to be circumstances and situations where we don't have all the information. And I don't have a, a guarantee necessarily that God's going to give me all the information about everybody either. Might be between him and them. Okay? But one thing I can't do is just, uh, again, start first church, of the church, first, first church of it doesn't always work. And you never know what God's going to do. Hmm? Amen. And so, uh, again, there's no attack that your shield of faith can't protect you from. That reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you there close? You're in 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation. Temptation can oftentimes mean also trial and test. Has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And so again, there is never a situation that I have to face that is too big for me and God. 
In other words, God, that God hasn't given me the ability, the equipment, the necessary ingredients to overcome that situation. Again, there are zero of those. Never. And so I know just from the start, just from the get-go, if I'm about to face a challenge and a difficulty, that I'm going to win. I am absolutely going to overcome. I am absolutely going to end up on top of this situation. I've got God's word on it. If it were too big, if it were more than I could handle, He wouldn't even let it come to me. But the very fact that it's there, the very fact, man, you got fired out of the blue and now you got bills and don't know how you're going to pay for it. Man, God wouldn't have even let that come to you if He wasn't going to give you the necessary goods to get through that and overcome and come out shining on the other side. Come on now. And I don't accept any challenge where I don't come out better. Not that the challenge is of God, I'm not saying it is. But even Job was hit by the devil and lost all his stuff but came out double on the other side a few months later. Huh? And so we always, when we're walking with the Lord, I say we don't accept anything but increase. And if you've been hit and you've been drugged through the mud and you've been taken down, I, I say start expecting things to get better than they were in the past. And if things were good in the past, good, it's about to get double good. A little double for your trouble. A little more than you had before. Okay? That's what we got to expect. I'm not going to let the stupid devil take me down, make me a bad example in front of the world and the, all the world that's watching. Come on, we need to live a blessed life. Yeah. Say, isn't that up to the Lord? Well, listen, the Lord, He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. A lot of this is just simply us taking it and saying, I'm not going to put up with junk anymore. That's my stand of faith. That is my commitment before God. He's going to be honored through my life. And, and my life is going to uh, walk in the fullness of what He provided for me. That's my commitment. That's my dedication. And I'm not going to have it any other way. You see where I'm coming from here? Gur. You know, have a little attitude. Have a little gumption. Says it's going to be this way. Those are the kind of people who get it. They're the kind of people like the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd. Had that, had that flow for 12 years. Spent all her money. She said, bless God, Jesus is in town. <laughs> and I hear people are getting healed. And I'm going to be one of them. And so she said repeatedly, if I can just touch his garment. Just touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to be healed. And she pushed through. And she pushed through the people. And you know. It was a big deal. But she was determined that she was going to get it. That kind of faith and determination. Is going to get a response. Come on now. And I tell you what. The resp- I don't mean to imply that the sp- response is difficult to get. God responds quickly and easily. But it's just a lot of oftentimes people give up. People get discouraged. People look at the wrong situations. And being you know, if we're being led by our senses and being distracted by external circumstances, those are the enemies of faith, okay? But we've got to be determined, say, man, I'm going to have this. I'm not going to give up, and I'm never going to quit, and this is going to be mine. My family's going to get saved, and I'm going to get my money, and I'm going to get healed, and my neighbors are going to get saved, and I'm going to be used of God, and I'm going to have the direction that I need for my ministry, and my life is going to be one big, fat glory to God, huh? And people are going to see and praise Him. And not going to have it any other way. Now, if you take that stand, don't get me wrong. The devil doesn't like it. And that's why we got to have our armor on. Because he he's going to try to talk you out of it right away. Oh, yeah, sure, you were stirred up there in church. 
Stir, everyone was shouting, everyone's praising God, and you felt pretty big, didn't you? <laughs> now you got now you got the real world to deal with again. Now come back to your sen- senses. You got bills, you got problems. Everybody hates you, and uh, and uh, you, and just come back down to reality. Reality now. Live your life. Stop acting the fool. You get all kinds of thoughts. I'm not going to believe them. The things in this world are subject to change. Everything that we can see is subject to change, but the Word of God is eternal. God's promise is everlasting. If I'll lock on to things that are eternal, I'll come through and have victory every time. If I lock on to the circumstances of life, I will be a roller coaster. I will be feeling good one day and feeling down the next. But I tell you what, even if you're feeling down, the Word of God hasn't changed. So stay with it and say, I'm going to have God's best. Amen. What God said about me, what God said to me, it's coming to pass and it's working in me now. Glory to God. Hey. Makes you want to shout, huh? Tell you what. Yeah, go ahead. Woo! Praise God. Glory to God. And so anyway, the, the shield of faith is what quenches all the fiery darts. I don't know if I'm going to get through all my message tonight, but uh, uh, when, you, when you look at the shield, Paul was describing the Roman shield that was about two and a half uh, feet wide. It was like a big square thing, and it was about four feet tall, okay? So this shield was not just, uh, uh, you know, just a little hand shield, bing, 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 where they're trying to uh, stop all the, you know, the fiery darts. Imagine the, fl- the flaming arrows that they would use in their day. The, that was the weaponry that uh, a lot of them would use. They'd shoot the bow and arrow, and, and the, the flaming arrows would come at that, and they'd try to stop them because, you know... Apparently, even with the rest of the armor on, they would try to get it in between pieces, and and the, uh, they wore some, uh, you know, maybe something like this, you know, uh, uh, some type of cloth underneath, and I guess they would try to light the thing on fire. So the people have their armor on, their their breastplate of righteousness, their helmet of salvation. But if a fiery dart got in there, and I, oh, <laughs> you're on fire. Uh, well, the shield of faith became very important. But here's what they did: they had these big honking doors. These shields of faith. And uh, as they would line up for battle, and we've all seen uh, images and movies of recreation of how they fought in those days, just crazy, (laughs) suicidal. (laughs) Uh, uh, but, But, you know, they would stand up in a line and they would overlap their shields. And they were able to quench any of the modern weaponry of their day. And they, you know, while the other, the enemy was throwing their fiery darts and shooting their stuff at them, they just crouched down behind their shield, and they're absolutely protected. Nothing could get to them. And this is the picture of our shield of faith. When we've got that thing in place, and here's another side, it helps to be around other believers who you can lock shields with. Okay? When you're all by yourself, you're more vulnerable than you are when you're with the body. And you're with other people who will pray with you, who will believe with you, who will stand with you, and say, we're coming through this thing together. I don't know about you, but I appreciate others who will stand with me. And believe with me, especially if I'm under attack. Okay? And so being in a body and putting these shields up, uh, we're able to quench all these things. Now, faith uh, is simply a firm persuasion. When someone says, do you have faith? We're saying, are you persuaded of anything? What are you convinced of? You're persuaded that is true. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith someone said I just think it's up to God whether we overcome well you disagree with the Bible then the Bible said it is our faith 
that causes us to be world overcomers. And so again, our shield of faith is what is very important. It's about being convinced. It's about being persuaded of something. What should we have faith in? Well, number one, we should have faith in God and what He has said. The second part of that is real important. Sometimes someone will say, I believe God. I have faith in God. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean that you believe that He exists? Okay, that's good, but that's pretty low level, right? How many know the devil believes that? Demons believe and tremble. So we must get beyond, I believe God's there, okay? Bible says someone's a fool if they don't got, they don't got that part down, all right? And so we must, when we say we believe God or have faith in God, specifically we're talking about what he says, and that needs to be specific. Someone says, I have faith in God. Okay, what in particular? What in particular did God say that you believe? Not that it's wrong to say, I just, I trust Him. Okay, I do trust God. I know Him. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. But when it comes to specifics, I must understand my shield is up in front of me when I have a specific word from God that I am persuaded about. If I am, for example, persuaded about by His stripes you were healed, then there is a shield in front of my life concerning the healing or sickness darts that would come against me. But just because I say, I believe in God, there's not necessarily a shield in front of you. What did He say to you? What promise do you have that you specifically believe? Okay, so having faith in God is specific to what He has said. It's always important that we have verses. Always be prepared for the question, uh, if you're praying about something, is what verses, what Bible verses are you standing on, are you using for your prayer? If someone said, you know, well, none in particular... Well, that's what you're going to get. Nothing in particular, right? And so be specific and have a word from God about your situation. And some things that aren't specifically covered. I'm praying for a car and I haven't found a car in the Bible other than they were all in one accord, you know, uh, th- things, things like that. There are things that are not covered, but you get the general principle of the God meeting your need. Jesus rode a donkey. Right? It was a pretty nice one. Never been ridden before. That's called a new car. All right? So there are things. <laughs> Thank God for new. Shiny. It's got that smell. <laughs> in other words, there are scriptures that don't specifically deal with things that are physically in, but you can see from context. Yeah, yeah that's covered. But we need a word. But I said you need to believe God. Number two, we need to believe what we say to have our shield of faith up it's not only believing God and what he says it's also believing what we say and where we get that is uh, is from Mark eleven twenty three, where Jesus said if you'd say to the mountain be removed cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart but shall believe the things that you say not what God says what you say will come to pass you'll have whatever you say. Now, whatever God says, 
what whatever you say. If I'm going to adequately have a shield of faith up in front of my life, I must believe what I say. I can't be a liar. This is a whole long message if you stretch it out a little bit here. But I've got to be a truthful person. And I've got to use my words and the power that God has placed in my words for me to have a shield up. And I've got to believe what I say. So God says it. And then I say it again. And it becomes a powerful force of protection in my life. So believe what God says. Believe what you say. Also, the Bible says that in in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5, that we are to have faith in the power of God. Faith in the power of God. Yes, in God as a person. Yes, in the integrity of His Word. Yes, in the integrity of my Word. In God's Word in my mouth. But also in the power of God. That God... God's dunamis, dynamic power is available for me as a believer. I need to have faith in the power. This comes really into play, especially when someone is being uh, prayed for or ministered to for healing in their body. Well, not only you need to have faith in God, but believe in the power of God, in its ability to eradicate the problem in your life. And it's, have faith in the power that when it is transmitted, it will go right into you and change your life forever. Come on. We need to have faith in the power of God. I absolutely refuse to be a part of powerless religion. I don't want anything to do with, uh, uh, with a life of Christianity that is void of power. I don't want to have, as it's prophesied in the last days, and as we are seeing before our eyes, those who have a form of godliness but deny the power. We are to have faith in the power specifically. We ought to be the most powerful people on the earth, and I believe it's inherently within every believer. Come on, we got to stir it up, and, and, and I believe there's power. I believe that when I get around others who don't know the Lord, or just others who, ha- who have problems, uh, that the devil's getting nervous. That problems are losing their grip. Why? Because the power of God is working in me. And He is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all I could ever ask or think. According to the what? The power that works in me. There is power that works in you. And that power is working on you. And it's working and trying to come through you to minister to other people. Faith in the power is a big deal. Listen, when you have faith in God and what He said. And when you believe the things that you say will come to pass. And you have faith in the very power, supernatural, miracle power of God. Your shield is up. And bring it on, Mr. Devil. Because zero of his darts are getting through. Zero. Because my shield will quench every single one of them. And let me, say this, let me just say this in, in closing. We won't uh, get to everything we were going to say tonight. Uh, but faith needs to be fed regularly. You need faith food in order to keep your shield strong and stay. It's not that I knew I, I heard this message or I read those scriptures a few years ago. We've all read those scriptures a few years ago. But there's got to be a, um, uh, there's got to be an update in your life, right? There, there, there's got to be a refreshing of things on a continual and ongoing basis, not to make us worthy, not so God will love us more or will be any more righteous. No, our position is, is set in Him, in Christ. But for a practical reason of us remaining strong in faith. I cannot remain strong in faith if I don't ever eat. 
And the other side of that is I don't ever use my faith. Be a prayer. Huh? Be someone who believes not only for yourself, but for the needs of others and for the help of others. When you're constantly believing and not believing, you know, you're moving beyond what you see and feel. You're in faith. You're persuaded of God's power and of His Word. Uh, then your faith is, be, is being used. It's like a muscle. It's being used. It's being kept in shape. And you're constantly feeding it, giving it good nutrients, which is simply a refreshing of the Word of God. Comes like what we're doing now. Comes by reading the Scripture on your own. Comes by, you know, uh, it could be reading a good book if it's in line with the Word. If it's not in line with the Word, it'll, it'll undermine your faith. Side note. Uh, uh, but as we feed and we do these things, our faith will be strong and it'll stay strong and it'll not be weakened uh, through trial or adversity. Amen. 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 We'll stop there for tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for every person. Thank you for the shield of faith. Thank you for all you've called us to walk in. You've given us life. You've given us abundance. You've given us help. And Lord, we purpose to believe you <laughs> that we always triumph in Christ. Never is there a situation that we're not going to come over, that we're not going to win in. You always cause us to triumph. Father, I thank you for those even now. I believe that your spirit has taken this word already and ignited faith, stirred hearts in here to walk in your best, to be determined to never quit, to be determined to never fail and to never go down. But Lord, we are going to stand for you and we are going to walk in your best. We are going to be a testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness in this generation. And I thank you that, I thank you that your power now is available to all. Lord, you love us beyond our comprehension. Your love passes knowledge. And I thank you even tonight that you're ministering to hearts. You're ministering, building up and strengthening our spirits, encouraging our hearts on the inside so that we can rise up and walk in your highest and best. Lord, for this we give you praise. For this we give you glory. For this we give you honor. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you tonight. We bless you tonight. We bless you tonight. We bless you tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord rising up on the inside of me saying, Do not be led by what you see, for what you see is very limited. You don't see the whole picture. You don't see everything that's happening. You don't see what I'm doing. You don't see what I've set in motion on your behalf. But rise up in faith. Give me thanks. Give me praise. For I am at work behind the scenes, working things out for you, setting up divine appointments here, causing prosperity to flow to you on this side. And so trust me. Believe and stand and never waver and never quit for I am coming through for you. What I'm doing you don't see but you will see if you stay in that place. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're at work behind the scenes. You're at work in our lives. We believe things are changing. <laughs> things are happening. Things are happening. Glory to God. Say it out loud. Things are happening. God is moving where I can't see it he's doing it where I don't know it it's happening God's at work in me through me to bring about his will oh we thank you for it thank you for provision oh thank you for answer to prayer Lord thank you for answers to prayer glory to God thank you for answers to prayer thank you for answers to prayer Lord, we've prayed. Lord, we've asked. 
Lord, we've sought your face. And we thank you for it. We thank you for the quick response from heaven. (laughs) We thank you that there's an immediate response. Praise God. And behind the scenes, you you are at work. The angels are at work. The ministering spirits are in operation, going here and there, bringing about the will and plan of God. Lord, we thank you for it. Oh, you're doing a mighty work. A mighty work. A mighty work in us. A mighty work in us. Strengthening us. Praise God. Strengthening us. Praise God.